The Islanders' offense has been productive over the last two games, but one key for long-term success is getting more of the forwards going early in the season. We will take a look at some of the candidates and what their prospects are, plus a full preview of tonight's game against the Devils. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. I want to thank you for being part of the Locked On Islanders family and for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show. But first, if you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question about something we've talked about, a comment about a subject we've discussed, or maybe a topic you'd like us to talk about on a future episode, feel free to send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. I will keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and on my IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I Twitter handle, I am live tweeting with instant analysis during every, nearly every, Islanders home and road game. So make sure you join us for that. We're going to answer some of your questions. We have two really good ones today. Uh, The first one comes from Charlie. He has sent in some emails before. Um, Can you talk, he says, whenever you can, about the overall lack of scoring from Kyle Palmieri and Anthony Bavillier over the last couple of years. These guys are slotted as top six forwards. They're getting paid as such. What, in your opinion, has to change? Maybe line combinations or their style of play. Both guys are likable team players, but at this point they aren't cutting it, and something has to change, preferably their production. If not, we need to somehow address the problem Maybe they are third-line talent. I hope not. I'm a little more concerned about Palms because he has done it before and essentially is not movable. Bo is still an asset that can be moved but is getting devalued as time goes on. So, Charlie, first of all, thank you for the question. It's a good one. And look, right now, if you, you look at the line combinations that the Islanders have put out there, Anthony Bavillier has played with Brock Nelson and Anders Lee 
in a top six line. Kyle Palmieri uh, started the season with Matthew Barzal and Zach Parise. Those two guys are both among your top six forwards. And look, Bavillier has two points in three games. I think all of us would take a 50-55 point season from Anthony Bavillier. Obviously, three games is such a small sample size, it's hard to really say a lot about it. But that is an issue. Kyle Palmieri, on the other hand, through three games, has no points. And both Palmieri and Bavillier have five shots on goal. Clearly, we need more production from these two players. You know, we went over on the show the list of a number of Islanders players who struggled last year, who the team needs more production for, uh, from. And, you know, it wasn't just those two. We talked about J.G. Pajot, who had a bit of an offseason last year. We even talked about Matthew Barzal, who didn't produce the way the Islanders were hoping he would last season. Now, Barzal has three points in three games. They're all assists, but so far, so good. The, the, the key, though, with Palmieri, you know... Again, three games is too small of a sample size to start worrying. But last year, through 29 games, he had one goal. And there were rumors going around that he wasn't 100% healthy and he was playing through an injury. And by the end of the season, let's face it, he did finish with 15 goals. He did produce more after those first 29 games. And he had some bad luck. He had three goals that were overturned. He had hit a lot of posts. But... You know what? At the end of the day, if you scored 15 goals and you're a top six forward, that's what you are. And Palmieri, getting paid $5 million a year, he's got to produce at least 20, preferably 25 goals, especially if he is playing on one of the top two lines. If he's a top six forward and Bo is a top six forward, you need 20 goals from these players, unless you get a Josh Bailey situation where he'll give you 15 goals and 45-50 assists, in which case, okay, you could live with that. But look, if, if you're going to be playing on a line with Matthew Barzal, Barzy's the setup guy. Parise is the guy who's going to dig pucks out of the corners and go to the net. Kyle Palmieri's got to be the scorer on that line. Uh, Bavillier, if he does continue to play with Nelson and Lee, and we saw Oliver Wallstrom step up into that line a little bit uh, during Tuesday night's game, so that remains up in the air. But if he's playing with Nelson and Lee, Bo can be more of a setup guy because Nelson and Lee were your top two goal scorers from a year ago. So if Anthony Bavillier gives you, again, 50, 15 goals and 40 assists, I think we take that if he's playing on that kind of a line. But, you know, you got to give, if you're in the top six forwards, you've got to have at least 50 points, I would think, for the year. One way or the other, whether it's goals or assists, but the combination has to add up to at least 50 points. I think Palmieri can't press, but the Islanders cannot afford to allow Palmieri to get off to one goal in 29 games again this year. He's on the wrong side of 30. He's got to start showing that he can get the job done still. Otherwise, you know, Oliver Wallstrom is waiting. Josh Bailey can go back into the top six. And then 
you've got your Simon Holmstroms, your Atu Ratus, and uh, your William Dufours, who if they continue to do well in the uh, minor leagues at Bridgeport, they'll be waiting in the wings trying to take a spot away from either one of these guys or any other forward who gets off to a slow start. So, Charlie, thank you for the question. It was a good one. And uh, we have another question to get to right now. This one is from our friend Tommy in Brooklyn. And uh, Tommy basically goes on, and, and he was disappointed in the goal siren from opening night, as we all were, and that just Eddie Westfall was present for the opening puck drop for the 50th anniversary home opener. But then he asks another question. Uh, first of all, he says, I hope they can keep up the offensive effort against better teams. They were uh, definitely passing the puck around with quick touches and long ice passes. He has a similar question to one we were asked earlier. Do you think Pat Flatley's number and all the Islanders Hall of Fame numbers should be retired and then he asked, do you think Matt Barzal is overrated? I'm going to take the second question first. I don't think Matt Barzal is overrated, but I don't think he's reached his full potential yet. So Barzy's got to be more productive. Now, his rookie season, he was that's the only time he was a point-a-game guy. Uh, but that was when Doug Waite was coach, and defense was kind of secondary. I think this year gives... Barzal a chance to show that with the opening up of the offense a little bit that he can get at least 70 points this year if he plays a full 82 games. Now we have to see if he can do that. It's still up in the air. I don't think he's overrated, but I don't think he's reached his full potential. And I think this year is a good chance for him to do it. As for Pat Flatley's number, right now the Islanders have eight retired numbers. Uh, Dennis Potvin, Clark Gillies, Brian Trottier, Mike Bossy, Bob Nystrom, John Tonelli, Billy Smith, Butch Goring. I don't think you want to go the Yankees route and retire every number out there for any player who was ever really good. And if you put every Islanders Hall of Famer and retire their number, I think that's too much. Right now, you have eight retired numbers. Uh, five of them are Hall of Famers. Bob Nystrom and John Tonelli were just career island, not complete career islanders in the case of Tonelli, but career islanders who were a big part of the organizations for Stanley Cup titles and Butch Goring. He was a player, an assistant coach, a head coach, and a broadcaster. He's been an integral part of the organization for so long. As far as Pat Flatley goes, no, I don't think his number should be retired. I think that would, not that he wasn't a great Islander, not that he wasn't a special player for this team, but he wasn't that elite guy. And I'll put it to you this way. Before Pat Flatley's number is retired, Pat LaFontaine has to go first. And LaFontaine may deserve to have his number retired. It's close only because he didn't spend as much time with the organization as you would like. And that was because of the contract dispute between him and the Islanders. And then after he left, the only reason his number hasn't been retired in my mind is the fact that he and the Islanders organization are still not necessarily on the best of terms. So 
I think if somebody is next, it's got to be Pat LaFontaine. And then maybe, just maybe, we could talk about Pat Flatley. But I, I love Pat Flatley. I think he was a great Islander. But Jersey retirements, I think, should be reserved for the for very few players. And I, I, I don't think that Flatley really quite makes the cut, although he is a darn good Islander. We have got a lot more to get to on today's show. We have a full preview of the game tonight against the New Jersey Devils at UBS Arena. We've got that and our Islanders' birthday of the day still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf, and of course, hockey. You think the Islanders' offense is going to keep up their scoring? Maybe that would be something you'd be interested in betting on for tonight's game. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Want to thank you again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked On Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the National Hockey League with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, tonight, Islanders, Devils, at the UBS Arena, and, you know, the New Jersey Devils so far, not off to a great start, one and two in their three games that they've played so far. Uh, the good news, if you're a Devils fan, they won their last game, 4-2 to two, over the Anaheim Ducks, although we've seen how the Ducks are struggling early this year. And, you know, there's a lot of young talent on this New Jersey Devils team. We've talked about a lot of the uh, players on this roster who just absolutely are very talented. We know about Jack Hughes and and Nico Highshire and you know they've added some interesting pieces in the off season, like uh, you know guys that have experience and can win. Andre Palat, for example, coming over from Tampa Bay. They've got Jesper Bratt, who is off to a great start. Five assists in three games. We all know how talented offensively Dougie Hamilton is from the blue line. So this is a team that is still not yet reached their full potential, but they have talent and they are more than capable of beating you on any given night. The question marks for them right now, their shooting percentage, they're getting shots, but their shooting percentage, 6.8 right now. That's 31st in the NHL as of the time of this recording. And, you know, they're not going to stay, I don't think, that low on the shooting percentage list all season long. They are 27th in the league in goal scored. That's eight goals in three games Goals against 12 
in three games. So there is, you know, a, a better defensive team early than an offensive team. The goaltending has been split between Mackenzie Blackwood and Vitek Vanacek. Blackwood has done better in his two starts than Vanacek did in his one. But again, it is super early. Vanacek, as we know, more than a capable starter in this league. And it is likely that we see Vitek Vanacek in goal for the Devils, while the Islanders are likely to counter with Ilya Sorokin. The line combinations for the Devils. Nico Heishire, the first-line center, with Andre Palat to his left, Alexander Holtz to his right. Jack Hughes centers the second line with Igor Sarangovich and Jesper Bratt on either side of him. Eric Huala centers Miles Wood and Dawson Mercer. And then on the fourth line, Michael McLeod with Thomas Tatar and Nathan Bastian. So there is talent here. Dougie Hamilton and Jonas Siegenthaler are the top defense pairing. John Marino, Ryan Graves are the second pair. And Brendan Smith and Damon Severson are the third pair. We mentioned the goalies, Mackenzie Blackwood and Vitek Vanacek. Right now on the IR, Jonathan Bernier and Tice Thompson. So they will almost certainly not be out there when the Devils take on the Islanders. I think... One thing the Islanders want to do when facing a team like the New Jersey Devils, uh, sort of a talented team that, you know, may be lacking a little confidence at this early stage of the season, uh, off to a little bit of a slow start, although winning their last game will probably reduce that a little bit. You want to get on them early. You've got home ice advantage. You want to not let Vitek Vanacek, who had a, a, a shaky game in his first start of the year, you don't want to let him get his confidence up. So I think the Islanders want to be a little aggressive early and not to be afraid to get physical with the Devils and, and play their style. I think that the identity line could have a very strong game. And I think that the Islanders also can make some long passes that, you know, they've been doing well in the last two games. I think they can be effective so far. Dougie Hamilton, by the way, through, again, three games, he leads the team. He's the only player with two goals right now uh, on this roster, and he is dangerous on the power play. Special teams-wise, again, so early, but they're 25th on the power play, 11.1% success. Penalty kill is ninth with 90.9% success. That, again, very early on and hard to tell uh, where they're going to land over the course of, you know, the next 80 or 79 games left on their schedule. But this is a game that you can't sleep on the Devils, but you're at home. You're closing out a four-game homestand. I think if the Islanders win this game... It really bodes well for them as they head on the road and the challenges go up another notch when the road trip starts. Now, don't forget, tomorrow we will have our key takeaways from this game, so uh, make sure you join us for that. But uh, this should be a good one, a division game. Those are always sort of four-point games. And with a win, the Islanders could start, you know, 
defining themselves early, get off to a start where, you know, they're among the upper echelon teams in the division and they can leave the Devils sort of behind them uh, early on. And again, you know, three, four games, not the uh, ultimate end-all and be-all, but you want to get off to that good start. And if the Islanders could put together a three-game win streak, that would certainly do it. We have got more to get to on today's show. We've got our Islanders' birthday of the day, a player who spent three years with the Islanders in the mid to late 2000s. Let's see if you can guess who that is. We've got that and a lot more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We're a couple of days early on this one. But we do want to wish a happy 48th birthday to former Islanders winger Miro Shatan. He will turn 48 on Saturday. Originally drafted in the fifth round in the 1993 draft by the Edmonton Oilers. The native of Slovakia made his NHL debut with the Oilers in the 95-96 season. Moved on to Buffalo late in the 96-97 campaign and then joined the Islanders in 2005-2006. Had an outstanding year his first year on the island. 35 goals and 66 points while playing in all 82 games. And the following year, 59 points with 27 goals, and then slipped a bit in 07-08. 16 goals, 39 points. Uh, excuse me, 16 goals, 41 points in that year. Shatan had a quick shot, had pretty good foot speed, could skate very well and create offense that way. After leaving the Islanders, he played for the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Boston Bruins before heading back to Europe, playing in Slovakia and the KHL. Hung up his skates after the 2013-2014 season, played over 1,000 games in the National Hockey League, 1,050 to be exact, had 363 goals, including a 40-goal campaign with Buffalo in 1998-99, 735 points, 464 penalty minutes, add 86 postseason games, 21 goals, 54 points in those. We go back and look at one of Miro Chatan's better games with the Islanders at the Mellon Arena in Pittsburgh, Islanders visiting the Penguins. Rick DiPietro in net for the Isles. Marc-Andre Fleury, the goaltender for the Islanders. And it was our Islanders' birthday of the day. Miro Chatan getting things started. Rick Jackman in the box for Pittsburgh for cross-checking. And Miro Chatan scores his 21st from Trent Hunter and Brett Sopel at 231. Isles with the early 1-0 lead. But the Penguins' power play answers. Trent Hunter of the Islanders was off for hooking. And Sidney Crosby, who always, always kills the Isles, he got his 26. Michelle Ouellette and Mark Recchi with the assist at 9.06. It's a 1-1 game. But the Islanders get the next power play chance. Ryan Whitney off for holding for Pittsburgh. And Miro Chatan, his second of the game, 22nd of the year. Mike York and Brent Sopel with the assist. Islanders lead it 2-1 after the first period. In the second, Miro Chatan completes the hat trick with Mark Recchi in the box for hooking. Chatan scores his third goal of the game, all of them on the power play. 
His 23rd of the year, Joel Bouchard and Mike York with the assist at 9.32. Isles up 3-1. to one. But, again, penalties, everything in this game. Isles go down two, two players, Alexei Yashin and Tomi Pettinen, both in the box. Tomas Sarovi scores for Pittsburgh, his eighth from Rick Jackman and Ryan Malone at 18.36. And the Islanders' lead is down to 3-2. to two after 40 minutes of play. In the third, the Penguins' power play strikes again. Brad Lukowicz of the Islanders off for hooking Recky, his 19th from Colby Armstrong and Sergei Gonchar at 526. This game is all even up, but the Islanders get the lead back. Chris Campoli, his 7th from Jason Blake and Alexi Yashin at 1256. And then the Penguins, on the power play again with Tommy Pettinen in the box for an interference. Rick Jackman, his six from Sergey Gonchar and Ryan Malone. And at the end of the day, the game goes to a shootout. The Islanders win it there. Final score, Islanders five. And the Pittsburgh Penguins four in the shootout. For our Islanders birthday of the day, Miro Shatan, three goals on five shots. He had two penalty minutes as well. All three goals coming on the power play. He was on ice for 19 minutes and eight seconds. Rick DiPietro, 40 saves to earn the win as the Islanders were outshot 44 to 29 in this game. But some good goaltending and the strong play of Miro Shatan earned them the win. So a very happy birthday to Miro Shatan. He turns 48 on Saturday. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Big game tonight. I really think it's important. Not do or die, but I think psychologically you're heading onto the road for the first time <coughs> in uh, <coughs> for the weekend, and you've got uh, your next two games on the road in Florida against a couple of tough teams, Tampa Bay and Florida. You go 3-1 and one on this opening homestand, that really creates some momentum for this team. It builds confidence. A three-game winning streak would be great. Lane Lambert, I think one thing he has to do coming into this game is guard against the Islanders being overconfident and making sure they still work hard enough and do the little things that have made them successful. I know it's early in the season. We're three games in. Do you know the Islanders are sixth in the league with 13 goals scored? I don't think they're going to stay in the top six or ten even for the year, but it's encouraging, and they need to, again, just get me to the top half or get me near the middle in goals scored, and if the goals against stay small, this is going to be a successful season for the New York Islanders. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. It's available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy the game tonight. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.